0: Have a seat. As I was praying on what to teach on, God put on my heart something that it was play with pain, plan with pain. You know, when I first came to God, I thought, you know, okay, I'm kind of going through some things, but I'm starting to learn some things about God, and I had a revelation. I know what. I'm going to go put God first in my life, and everything's going to be gumdrops and lollipops. What took me so long to come to this? But through, through the years and through time, we, I've learned we're going to have to be able to play with pain to win this race, to walk this race, and to get through this race. But we know we got the victory already. Amen? So I was thinking, okay, I know what playing with pain is when it comes to sports. Being an athlete... Uh, I I pulled muscle. I was a track runner, and I would pull my hamstring muscles almost every year. So a lot of times I had to be able to rehabilitate and come back and play with pain. So I know what it meant from sports. But I did I did Google it to see what Google says about playing with pain in sports. It says, taking part in a competition or participating in training despite being in acute pain or feeling ill, athletes decide to play through the pain, physical discomfort of an injury to maintain maintain their status. The expression means that the player suffered an injury during play, which caused them some amount of pain, but the player chose to keep playing and was able to play well and win despite the pain. So that's what playing with pain is. So sometimes when you sit on that couch, you know, talking about the players out there, just remember some of them guys got pain Pain going on, and they're still playing, okay? You can't be out there if you can't play with pain. So what is playing with pain when it comes to God? Okay. When I, like I say, I just, I had the revelation to, okay, I'm going to come to God. I'm going to put God first. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to quit my job. I was living in Ohio. I'm going to move back to Arizona because my parents out here, they're getting old, and I'm going to put God first, and everything's going to be great. Um. To make a long story short, all hell broke loose. You know, I had knew some things about God, but not, you know, I was just, I was a baby, and I came to Stone Point and started growing from there. But um, through the years I've learned we're gonna have to be able to play with pain to, to, to walk in God's promises and to run this race. Amen? Amen? So what is walking in pain when it comes to the things of God? Believing that you are made in God's image and his likeness, even as we go through th- challenges of this life, that has to be a foundation. Amen. You have to know that Amen. because you are we are going to go through some things. Amen. But if we know that we're made in God's likeness and God's image that will help us get through those type of things. Amen. Knowing and trusting in your heart, not in your head. That God is with you. He is in you. Through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, Uh and you have to make the conscious decision to believe the word of God over our circumstances. That's where Pastor talk about truth over facts. The facts may say something, but what does the word say? That's the truth. Amen? Amen. Knowing that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we already have the victory. This is how we fight our battles. We fight our battles from a seated position in Christ Jesus. Understanding this in our heart will help us to be able to play with pain. How many people appreciate the word that we get here? Good. Calling things that are not as if they were. You know, God, we're made in God's image and God spoke the world in existence. So he, we can call things that are not as if they were and change the atmosphere. So you may see things going on, but you can speak the word over that situation and change it. Amen? If you can believe it in your heart. Truth over facts. The facts say that you have too much month at the end of your money. The truth says, my God shall supply all of my need. Amen? The facts say you have a disease in your body. The truth says, by Jesus' stripes, Amen. we are healed. Amen. We were healed. We, healed. we are healed. When things happen in our lives don't line up with the word of God, or we have thoughts, because yes. thoughts are things, too, that don't line up, we must cast them down and take them captives to the word. Can we look at our first scripture, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10.5? You me. Casting down imaginations And casting down imaginations, casting down thoughts, casting down things that come into our mind that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So we won't know to cast it down if we don't know the knowledge of God. Right. So we have to know the knowledge of God. We have to know what to cast down. Amen. And then to bring it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. That's. There is a renewal of the mind that has to take place. I know sometimes people say, why do you, you know, why do you go to church all the time? Why are you there on Sundays? And some of you guys are there on Wednesdays, and some of you guys are in Bible college. You know, why do you do, does it take, does it really take all that? Yeah. And I say, absolutely. Yeah. It takes all that because we, we, it's going to have to be planted in us that the, so that when things come on us, we, we can deal with it accordingly, amen? Back to playing with playing in football. It is said by the month of October, most of the athletes in the NFL are playing with some sort of pain, okay, or injury. There are 32 teams in the NFL, 16 in the NFC, 16 in the AFC, and the six top teams goes and plays for the playoffs. So when the playoffs even start, most of the players that are playing those games are playing in some sort of pain. So teams that win the championship, the team that wins the Super Bowl, most likely had several players who were playing with pain. Amen? In that same light, for us to walk in victory, for us to be overcomers, in God for us to win our championship for us to hear well done my good and faithful servant we are going to have to be able to play with pain or play through our pain amen, amen. most anointed people have been through some sort of pain that's what gives us the faith the confidence the trust what they call it, the title deed in God that if he did it before and remember I said before not before if he did it before he can do it again. (laughs) That reminds me of when I was in college. uh, People would ask, how fast do you run the 40? I said, fo four, and sometimes four 3 An example of athletes who played with pain and went on to win the championship. Let's look at Michael Jordan. Game five of the 1997 NBA finals. It was played in Utah. The reason why I mention that is because at that same time I was in Park City, Utah at the same time of that game for an executive team meeting. And as I was walking around, the Park City is a ski resort town. And so they got some shops along the main part of the city or street. And so you're walking around, and walking into shops. So as I'm walking around, people are staring at me. I'm thinking, what's up with this? Why are people staring at me, you know? And so I go on and then, you know, and then I heard somebody say, um, Is he one of the players? Yeah. And, I, and the other guy said, No, he's too short. I, <laughs> not knowing that the Chicago Bulls had been there, had been walking around, so they were trying to see if I was one of the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> okay, back to the game. During a timeout, they said Michael Jordan could barely stand. Utah had a 16 point lead. Michael ended up scoring 38 points in the Bulls' comeback win to win the game. Chicago went on to win the championship that year. Michael Jordan played with pain. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Most people would, have, would, not, would not have played. Amen. Another one is, have anybody, who heard, have anybody heard of Willis Reed? Yeah. I mean, how many people? Are we, am I yeah. aging myself? I've I seen it, so I know. Okay, Willis Reed. The game, game, the 1970 NBA Finals, Game 7, the series was tied 3-3. Three to three. He was playing the Los Angeles Lakers, who had Wilt Chamberlain at the time. Willis Reed, who played for the NBA Knicks, had a torn quadricep. That year, he was the MVP of the All-Star Game. He was also MVP for the regular seasons. Uncertain whether Willis Reed would be able to play through the, his muscle tear in his right thigh, the New York Knicks get an emotional rush... When the team captain hobbles out after getting shot up, he hobbled out to the game. And he did the, he did the opening tip-off, won the opening tip-off, scored four points, hit two baskets, four points, and, and then just played defense for the rest of that time. But because, well, let, let me, let me, so I get it right. The emotional rush went through the team when the team captain hobbled on the floor against the Lakers, went in the opener tip, hitting the two jump shots, boosted his teammates' confidence and performance for their first NBA championship. Sometimes you plan with pain, it's going to help somebody else. It's going to boost somebody else's confidence. It's going to inspire your team to play better. People are always watching. Your teammates are watching. Your brothers and sisters in Christ are watching. Your spouse are watching. Your children are watching. Your co are watching. What are they seeing? Are they seeing you mope around? Or are they seeing you, are they, you know I, know, I don't know if Brother Troy is here, but one time Brother Troy told me years ago. He said, I don't know what you're going through, but I just want to say you're looking good while you're going through it. You know, that meant a lot to me. He don't know how much that meant to me, but I was going through it at the time. But we shouldn't see it. Everybody shouldn't know what you're going through. If you're going to play with pain, if you're going to respond correctly. Amen. Okay. How do we prepare to be in position to play with pain in the things of God? Remember, we don't want to learn how to we don't if we don't have to. We don't want to learn how to swim while we're drowning. Right. You want you hoping you already know how to swim, right? Before you come into that situation, so there's three areas I want to look at. I want to look at training, practice, and fundamentals. So, if you would, let's go to First Timothy four eight, and if I can have it the King James. For bodily training, exercise. I mean, for bodily exercise, profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that is now is. And that which is to come. Can you put that same scripture in the, in the NLT? Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, mo better, is mo better. Promises, benefits in this life, and in the life to come, on earth as well as in heaven. Amen. In verse 8, Paul is telling Timothy that his bodily and physical training has some value. How many people know that training has value? Taking care of our bodies has some value. You know, you're not going to be able to run this race if you ain't in in decent shape. You know, Um, I used to always say fatigue will make cowards of us all. So we do need to be in shape. So there is a benefit to physical training. We should be in good shape. If you are not... In physical shape, you won't be able to do the things that God is calling you to do. Or you won't be able to do it in excellence the way he wanted to run. This race with God is not a sprint. It's a marathon. we got to be in it for the long haul. So physical training has some value. Amen? Amen. Amen. Paul said, but godliness or spiritual training has value in every way. Just like we can go out here and and get in shape physically, we should be getting in shape spiritually. You know, that's why we come and put the time we put into God and learn his word. Amen. Amen. The most important training we can do in our lives is devoting ourselves to putting God first. Godly training has value in this life and in the life to come. Like I say, on earth as well as in heaven. So how much godly training are we getting? Are we working out one day a week? One sermon a week? That will not put our souls or our faith in very good shape. Just like exercising one day a week would not put us in our physical bodies in that good a shape. It helps. It helps. If if that's all you can do, let's do that. It'll help you. But you're not going to be in tip top shape. Amen. We must live a life of putting God putting God and his word first in our in our lives by renewing our minds. That's why we're here. We're here to renew our minds and we don't want to just be hearers only we want to be doers of the word. Amen. Amen. In verse 12, let's look at verse. Can you go to verse 12? It says, let no man. Paul was talking to Timothy. He said, let no man despise thy youth, but but be thou an example of the believer in word. In conversation, in charity, which is love, right? Amen. In spirit, in faith, and in purity. Paul was telling Timothy not to let people despise his youth. Because he was younger. He was a young man. He said, he didn't tell the people, that don't y'all despise Timothy's youth. I know he's a young person, but y'all give him respect. Amen. He told Timothy, he was telling Timothy, you do this, They don't get to despise your youth by the example that you set, by the way you live your life, in what comes out of your mouth. You can always tell the spiritual maturity person by what comes out their mouth. Are they complaining? Are they calling things that they see as if they were? You know, what are they doing? Are they using faith? Um, In what comes I By their lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle are you living are you living a godly lifestyle by their love walk? You mean as a hornet? You know how's your love walk? Are you developing in your love walk by your faith? Do, as soon as something happens, are you just down the dumps? Come on, or do you have faith to call things that are not as if they were? Do you are are you changing some atmosphere through the Word of God? Amen. Are you do he and do you live by purity? Are you living a pure life, a godly life, a righteous life? You are righteous already because of Jesus, but are you living that way? Are you living your life in a purified way? You know, you, we're not going to do this all up top or at the top a lot of times, but we should be developing into that. If we renew our minds to the word, the word is going to tell us God made the roadmap. map. God gave us the perfect book, uh, the Bible, for us to follow, and now... As we read that, we want to make sure we're not just reading, taking the parts we like right. yeah, right. and leaving that because that, that, that's talking about me. Yeah. No, that's what it's there for. He wants to get us to change so that we can do the things that he wants us to do. Yes, Amen? Amen? We should be aware that we are on a journey to live this life in a godly way and to set an example in our homes. What kind of example are you setting in your homes? Are you at church all nice and dandy, but cutting your, cussing your kids out at home? You know, in our church, how are you treating your church family? How are you treating each other in our jobs and our businesses or, and in the world? The, the way we talk and act should be an example to our kids, again, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our friends, and even to strangers that we are believers. Does any of your neighbors know you're a believer? You're a Christian? Mm-hmm. You know? By the way you act. Let's say that. Let's add that in there. You know? Living a godly life is part of it. This, is, this will prepare us to play with pain. Um, so now we are going to go to practice. If I can, if we got to practice. Let's, can you give me Hebrews 10.25? not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more even as the day approaches. Does anybody see the day approaching? Does anybody see the day approaching? Is anybody missing that? You know, when you look at this world, we should be more. He He said, assemble yourself together as a matter of some exhorting one another, so much more. much more. He said, it should be more right now right. when you see the day approaching. Yes, you shouldn't take it so casual because that, that, the day is approaching. Right. We must practice on a consistent basis. Part of that practice is going to church. Amen. Yeah. Right. We should be at service. You know, do, you know, I remember this term, a gym rat. Everybody know what a gym rat is? Yeah. We should be at service every time the church door is open. Right. You know, um, a lot of my grandkids are gym rats when it comes to basketball because their dad's a coach. So they're there all the time. But, you know, gym rats are better. Okay. The kids that are there all the time, they're better right. because they're playing more than everybody else. Right. Okay. The people who come to church all the time, they're going to do a better job, hopefully, most likely. Right. So let's, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're getting more exposed. You're hearing the word. You're getting this word. You, you, know, it's, you know, Pastor Gene slapping us beside the head with it. So you're getting the word. Now, I don't mean that you're going to take it and receive it. But at least you're getting it. I even think with kids that come in here and say, well, they're not getting it. They're not listening to it. They're not paying attention that much, but it's getting in there. And, and it's, it's seeping in. And one day they will remember. when they, Instead of feel like all is lost, I'm going to kill myself. They're going to remember, I can go to God. I remember they talked about God. remember that God. Let me go see, you know. So it... it it helps us to, to, to be here. Yes, sir. Where am I at? Uh, let's see. Okay. Also, why you got to be, be a gym rat is because if you get there by yourself, there's local weed out there. Right. And you can get into the wrong things. Yeah. You know, I had somebody send something to me, and it's like, I don't even want to repeat it, what they said, but they think somebody godly said that. You know good and well nobody godly said something like that. But And even as myself, you know, when you when you, you know, I first came to God, I would just read my Bible. I would not really go to church that much. This was years and years ago. So it's easy to get into local weed. It's easy for you to think you're being godly, and really you ain't. You know? So... And and also iron sharpens iron. Amen. Amen. Okay, and and also faith seeps. So that's why you got to keep coming. Yeah. It ain't just you come. Yeah, I went to church, let's see, last month, and I'll go. I went six months ago. That ain't doing too much for you. Right. Amen. Because it seeps. If we could, can, I, can we look at First Corinthians twelve eighteen, in the King James. But now, has God set the members? Set the members, every one of them, in the body as he sees fit. So God is setting us in the body. Amen? Amen. So if God has placed you here at Stone Point, then you're here. Then this is where he wants you to bring your supply that he has put in you. Amen? Amen? So being where God placed you will help you be able to play with pain. If you're where God puts you, it's going to help you be able to play with pain. There's going to be an anointing on you. There's going to be a supply that comes with that. Because you are where God sees fit, not necessarily where you see fit. Amen? So to prepare a play with pain, we're going to have to do some training. We're going to have to go to practice. The next part of that, we're going to to have to have down some fundamentals. There are certain fundamentals of God that we are going to have to have to help us to be able to play with pain. If you would, can you go to uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 in the NLT? Okay. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is what? Love. Love. And that's... That says a lot because faith, you know, without faith isn't faith. The word tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We know that it's impossible to please God without faith. It tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when we are believing for something that is not there yet, this is what's considered faith. You know, you're believing something that you don't see. Right. That's faith. Amen. Because the word said it. We know that hope is our image, our vision, how we see God and how we see ourselves in God. God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Who is our? Who is he talking about? Our father, son, and hope. Amen. So we are made in the image of God. If we don't know who we are in Christ or whose we are in Christ, we will not have the right hope or the right image. That's why we're going to have to renew our minds yes, to have the right image and see the right vision. Amen? Amen? I'm going to tell a personal story when I kind of stumbled on this. It's in the world, but if, it's, if it works in the world, we know how much more does it work in God. Right. I, when I ran track, we track, track, track in college usually start practice started after the Christmas vacation. Right. So when you came back in January, that was the first start of practice. And so, I think by maybe my junior, sophomore, junior year, I decided before I would go back, I wanted to go do a little bit of training at Glendale Community College. So I would go out to Glendale Community College by myself. There would be nobody else on the, on the track at that time. Nobody else out there. And I would go out there and just start doing some, some, some light training. But I would get a vision of me winning the championships. All right. You know, it just popped up. And I didn't think that of it. And then when five months later, when the championship was there, I, it would happen like that. I would still, I would win it that way. And so, of course, I started doing that every time, I, every time then, you know, from that. But it worked like that. Having the right vision makes a difference. Amen. It even happened to me in high school. How many people have heard of Dwayne Evans? Yes, sir. Dang, I'm aging myself. None of y'all know about Dwayne Evans. Dwayne Evans was a high school senior from South Mountain, Junior, South Mountain High School who, who ran in the 1976 Olympics and won a bronze medal while he was in high school, right here from Phoenix. The year before that, I, he, I raced him at Tollison and I beat him. And I'm one, that's why I'm one of the very few people that can say they beat Dwayne Evans in high school. Now I'll come back and say he beat me seven four times after that, but I, both people can't even say that. But I say that to say this: be, that the night before I ran that race, and I had a dream that I had beat him and how the race went, and it went that same way. I didn't know nothing about God, Harley. Thank God for a praying, Grandmama. But I didn't know that much about God then. But it, it worked anyway. You know, having a vision works anyway in the world as well as work in the things of God. And so, and I say this for your grandkids and for your kids, don't ever stop praying for your kids and your grandkids and your family and your friends. Amen. Amen. Let's see, where am I at now? Okay, so... We see having the right vision or image is important and has benefits in the natural, but it has much more importance and benefit in the spiritual. Amen. Remember, you know, like I said, I didn't really know God then, but God loved us so much sooner than we loved him. You know, he, he, he's such a good God and he, uh, he loved us before we even knew who he was. And before we can even return any love back to him. And I would say this too. For those who are struggling with identity of who you are in Christ. Pastor Gene wrote a book called Identity. Yeah. I recommend that book to anybody. It really helped me. Um, to help you understand who you, what your identity is. Because we don't walk by sight. We walk by, by sight. We, walk, we must walk by faith. That's right. Amen. We can look at the circumstances and speak that. Let's say, I'm sorry, we can't look at a circumstance and speak that circumstance right, right. if it ain't what we want. Right. we got to speak what we want that oh agrees with the word of God, yeah. and we got to expect that to happen. Amen? Yeah. Having the right expectation will help us to be able to play with pain. Yeah. If we expect to win, if, we, if, you, if you expect to win, you don't feel bad when you're down by 20 right. at right. halftime. Right. Right. You know, you don't feel bad, you know... If you're, if you're losing, going down the, down the stretch. I remember I, a couple of my buddies, we used to go play ball at the different parks out here, and we don't care what the score was. We always thought we'd go win. And you know, just to think that you can come back and win help you win most of the time. You know, we just believe we would no matter what the situation was. Okay, so as scripture told us, there's three things that will last forever. And the greatest of these is love. So for us to truly be able to play with pain, we're going to have to develop our love walk. Amen. Yeah. It's hard to be happy when it's all about you. Yeah. I repeat that again. It's hard to be happy when it's all about you. In this world, there's so many things that are going to frustrate you. You've got to be able to Put others above yourself. You gotta be able to have a love walk that's forgiving of others. Amen. Otherwise it will drive you crazy. You. Okay, we can look at 1 Corinthians 13 and we'll look at um, verse 4 through 7 in the NSV. So love is patient. So, you know, love is not anxious. Love can, you know, when you can't stand no more, you can stand some more love is patient and love is kind it ain't mean it ain't abusing people it ain't mean it's kind love does not envy he's not love is not envious of other people having other things they got a new car and now you're mad because you don't have a new car you know you're envying them why do they get why do they get that love doesn't do that and he said and God and, and he said the greatest of these is love so you're gonna have to have this it doesn't boast, you know, you got your new car, you ain't bragging about it, right. you know. You may speak and give God the glory because God, God gave it to you, right. so you may give God the glory, which ain't bragging, but it doesn't boast. Amen. It's not arrogant, yeah. you know. It's not lofty. It's not rude. You're not being rude. It does not assist in having its own way. Again, it's not always about you. You know, you can do so. I remember I had a business and I had my two brothers working with me. Sometimes they would have an idea. If I, if, if, you know, if I thought it was good enough and we could do it, I'd take their idea. Uh-huh. It wasn't always about my way because right. I was in charge. You know, I would, I would, people would jump in and gain more and be more into it if you, if you could run with their idea sometimes. Right. Amen. Yeah. It is not irritable. You know, are you always irritable? You know, are you always ag- agitated? You know, it don't take much for you to go off. No. That ain't love. That's right. That ain't love, you know. You can, you can be forgiving of people. Yeah. You know, even if they make mistakes, you can be forgiving of them, you know. So it's not irritable. It's not resentful. It is not, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing. But love rejoices with the truth, and the truth is God's word. Amen. 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 Love can bear all things. So when you walk, if you know how much God loves you, and you walk in that God kind of love, you can take some things. You can bear some things, and you know God loves you, and God got you. Amen. It can believe all things. You know, you can believe the word for what it says. You can believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. You can believe it, you know, because if, if you're walking in love, God doesn't love isn't love. God doesn't love; He is love. That's right. right. So, um, to you, to you can believe all things if you walk in that God kind of love. Yeah. If you have that kind of revelation, it it hopes all things. Image, hope, the image, the vision. It can see all things. It can believe all things. It can it can um, see. Things that are not as if they were. It can do all, it can see, hope all things. It can endure all things. It can take a licking and keep on ticking. Love can make you handle some tough blows and keep on going. And I did get permission from my brother, Michael Ray Van. I want to share um, uh, one of his, his, his story, his testimony. Michael Ray Van, we kind of go way back not necessarily me and him, but his, his brother was my college roommate. And we both ran track together, we both were on scholarship together, so we were very, very close. And I know his other brothers, I know one of his brothers played for Green Bay, Green Bay Packers, and I know him, and I won't tell you how I seen him when he came back through AU. you know. Right. I'll tell you, he was a pimp. Right. Come come back it. So Michael Wade Van come from Long Way. His other brother, when I met him, he, he was in a wheelchair. He had got shot, yeah. you know. So Michael, he's a real testimony. Michael Van is a real, real testimony. Okay, and I say that because he lost his wife and his son, Lori Ray Van, and his son in a short period of time. You know, there wasn't a... That was what, a month or two from each other? Yeah. Three, months. Three months from each other. Losing one is going to wipe you out. Yeah. Right. Losing two, Come on. losing Come on. a child, Come on. can really wipe you out. Right. Um, but, you know, Michael could have said, we were, some people would expect that. Lord, I've been serving you. I sing my heart out for you. Every time I come before your people, I'm honorable to your leadership. I love your people, especially my church family. But Lord, you don't only take my wife and my son, but you take them in a relatively short period of time of each other. So I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Because you apparently are mad at me or you don't like me. Or maybe you're just not real that's how some people would take that and respond like that if they truly haven't put God first in their lives if the Word of God is not planted in their heart if the love of God is not planted in their heart but not Michael Ray Van you know we sit here and watch that watched him you know he, lost, he, he had one son, he lost a son. And then, because he responded, I'm going to say correctly, he didn't walk away from God through that. He didn't blame God. He just, he was thankful that God had put enough in him that he could handle it. Amen. That he can bear all things, that he can endure all things. Amen. You know, he he think. Of, and then comes Elizabeth. That Michael and that Elizabeth. Boy, have I told you about my wife? Yeah, Michael, you're about your wife. Okay, that Michael and, and Elizabeth. <laughs> that boy. <laughs> and so he, you know, he, had, he, had, he went from having one son to having a whole family. Hallelujah. We know Michael went through some pain through that incredible loss, but he was able to play with the pain. I don't know. I don't think he even stopped serving. I think Pastor might have set him down one time and made him sit down. (laughs) But he played through the pain, played through it all. And when you look at him now, you don't see no smoke on him. (laughs) Look at what God can do. Amen. If we're going to walk, if we can walk in God kind of love, we won't see things as painful as the world's going to see them. Amen. Um, if we, we, can, we can either see the glass half full, no, if we can see the glass half full as opposed to half empty, talking about offenses, you know, people just tell me, I, sometimes I let a fence go right over my head. And people say, why you let, you know, why you, I didn't see it. I don't feel it. I don't worry about it. It didn't hurt me none. God got me. I'm good. I'm not worried about it. But sometimes you can see, you can, you know, you can see the glass half full as opposed to half empty. Some offenses will go right over your head and honestly not bother you. If it doesn't bother you, why are you worried about it? You know, if it don't bother me, that's between you and God. I'm good. Amen. Um, Because we didn't take on the offense, it has no power over us. God allows us not to feel the, we don't even feel the offense. So that we can respond correctly in his eyes and then yeah. vengeance is the Lord's. Come on, come on. You know, we don't wish it on nobody, but we do know he, God loves his children, right? Amen. Loves his people. God is our protector. Sometimes we may be conscious of an offense against us and still must let it go to respond correctly. God tells us, if he tells us to pray for those who persecute you, you know, God, that's how God is expecting us to, to handle that situation. Right. You know, pray for those who persecute you. Amen. We must stay seated. That's how we stay seated. Yes, yes, yes. What did the pastor say? How you fight your battles? Stay seated yes. in your heavenly position in Christ Jesus. That's how we fight our battles. Amen? Yes. The ways of playing with pain when it comes to things with God. Can we go to Philippians 2, verse 3? Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each other esteem others better than themselves. Can you put others above yourself? Let's look at it in NIV. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. If we can value others above ourselves, we get offended a lot less. You, you, you value yourself is why you're getting offended. But if we can put others above ourselves, then it's harder to get us offended. And God taught us that because he knew if, if, if I don't teach you that, then somebody can wipe you out anytime they get ready. Satan can wipe you out by just sending the wrong person around you. And I can't have... That happened to my children. I can't have you responding the wrong way and not getting the right results. So that's why he, he, he does that for us. And it'll make it easier to play with pain when you know it ain't all about you. You know, when you know it just, it just ain't about me. You know, get out the way and let God do what he's going to do. Can we go to 1 Corinthians 10, 24 in the NIV? No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Why does God want us to do that? See, that's putting others above ourselves. So you're not seeking. It ain't all about you. Well, I want this, and I want to do it this way. But no, can you do it another way? Can you you put somebody else above you and do it that way? That's what God is asking you to do. And then he's going to exalt you. You don't have to exalt yourself. Okay? Let's look at Psalms 34, 19 in the King James. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver him out of them all. Can we look at that in the NLT? The righteous person faces many troubles. How many people know that? But the Lord comes to the rescue each, and I threw it every, I threw it every time, each and every time Amen. he comes to our rescue. Right. If we know that's the case, if we can believe that in our heart, wouldn't that make it easier for you to play with pain? Come on, that he will come to our rescue each and every time. This must be a foundation if you're going to be able to play with pain. Amen? Amen. To be able to play with pain, you've got to know how to fight we got to fight from our seated position in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, so how, we, how do we engage with the enemy? Let's look at um, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. We'll look at 4 and 5. For the weapons of our, of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling downs of strongholds, strongholds. casting down imaginations, again, thoughts, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and taking it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Can we look at Ephesians 6:12 in James? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, or against spiritual wickedness in high places. It says we wrestle not against those, okay? Let's look at a feed. Let's go, oh, go on to 13. Let's go to 13 through 17. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and have done all to stand. So when you can't stand no more, stand some more, Amen. That's how we fight our battles. Stand, therefore, having your loans goaded with truth, knowing the truth, knowing the word. Having you the breastplate of righteousness, you know, being righteous, knowing being right standing with God, knowing what God wants you to do and being like that, not being the way you want to be. But you can't know how God wants you to be without knowing the word. So we're going to have to know the word. We're going to have to put him first. That's why this is important. And that's why you want to be gym rats. Amen. 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 And your feet is shored with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He says, my peace I give you. We can put on God's peace like we're putting on boots. We step into God's peace you know, we don't have it don't have to be peaceful. Right. All hell can be breaking loose and we can still walk in the peace of God. Amen. Perfect Amen. peace is the mind stayed on Christ Jesus. So he gives us a way to be in peace. We're not dictated. Our peace is not dictated by the world. Amen. Amen. Above all, take on the shield of faith where ye shall be able to quench the all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We have our shield of faith that we can believe all things. We can endure all things. Amen. Amen? And we can, you know, change the atmosphere with our shield of faith. Amen. Amen. And then it says, and the helmet of salvation, you got to be saved, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We got to know the word of God. That's, That's our only offensive weapon. It's the Word. What does the Word tell us to do? Amen. How does the Word tell us to respond? We have to know that That's right. if we're going to respond correctly. Amen? Amen. Amen. And um, let's see, because getting, I'm getting down to the end. And... Um, well, before I leave... Um, I just want to read something here to the, you know, there's people, there have been a lot of people called to Stone Point over the years. I've been here now, February 10th was my 14th year here. And I've seen a lot of people come and I've seen a lot of people go. And there are some people, I know some of them people probably were called to be at Stone Point. But through a fence, through whatever, through the fence, through the word, through the body of Christ, getting offended at each other or even getting offended at the pastor directly, people have left and have walked out of the plan of God. Satan was able to push them back, right. let's say, because we're trying to get through the door. He don't want you getting through the door. Right. But I just wanted to say, for anybody who's listening, if this is where God called you to be, Amen. come back. Amen. And don't let Satan tell you that we don't want you back. Right. Don't let Satan tell you, you know, Come back and get back where God planned. Yeah. Cause you have, God gave you a supply for here, right. and and like Pastor say, we're missing some pieces. Lord we don't want to miss Lord. no Lord. piece. We want to we want to have the whole thing. Amen. Yes. And 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 I want to read this. If you are called to Stone Point to receive this level of word, you are going to have to learn to play with pain because our pastor plays with pain. Yes, Do you you don't think that he has to? He doesn't get attacked for the level of word that we're getting here. Are you kidding me? He gets, he gets attacked for that level of word. So he has to be able to play with pain. But don't fool yourself because we're hearing it and Satan knows we're hearing it. We're going to have to be able to play with pain too. We, you know, we're going to, to be equipped to fight this battle. We are, and, and the word Satan is under our feet. So we got, and so we're learning the word to know that to keep him there. And so that we're going to be able to help other people. Amen? Amen. You know, somebody may be, you know, we don't get mad. At, other pastors may be, maybe they are to feed the homeless. Maybe they are to do stuff like that. But our calling is the word. Yeah. It's knowing the word and teaching the word and sharing the word of how to fight our battles. Amen? Amen. If we're going to play a play. Where much is given. And how many people know we get much here? Amen. We don't get fed till we get, till we... Four we get fed till, we're t- till we get right. tired, right? So where much is given, much is required. Pastor tells us it's not easy teaching this level of word, especially here, he said in Arizona.? Right. Oh, yeah. You know, In Arizona, well, it's not going to be a cakewalk for us to receive this level of word either. Because principalities and powers and rulers and spiritual wickedness in high places and demons and Satan himself is fighting to stop us from receiving this level of revelation. From walking through the open door. But how many people know that Satan is under our feet? Amen. Amen. He's a defeated foe. Jesus told us that he's seen him fall like lightning. And we believe him. Peter, 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 Satan desires to have you that he may sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith fails not. And when thou art converted, strengthen your brother. Amen. We're going to have to strengthen our brothers. Amen. Amen. When you learn how to fight your battles from a seated position in Christ Jesus, then we must teach and be an example to other brothers and sisters of how to fight our battles. It says, in Hosea, in Hosea 4.6, it says, my people are perishing for the lack of knowledge. Right. So let's make sure that we're receiving this word, that we're doing the word, that we're walking in the word, that we're speaking the word, and that we are sharing the word with other believers. Amen? Amen. Yes. And helping out. That's good. Amen. 49 minutes. I did pretty good. Woo-hoo. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, you are dismissed.